Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Chronicles of Mr. I'm Mr. Pierre, and I'm so happy to be joined by the one and only Dre, not Dr. Dre, but uh, an awesome, phenomenal Dre as well. Dre, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, I'm my excited. pleasure. My pl- yeah, so am I, so am I. Exactly. And I guess we can start there as I was under the impression because of um, seeing you on TikTok and really looking at your videos there, I was under the impression like, yo, this brother is really... Um, positive. I love the messages that he's um, speaking to, but I wasn't aware of your your past in education. So, can you start there? Like, what was your role in education? How did you get into it? Yeah, absolutely. So, I actually went to Cal State Long Beach and graduated in 2015 uh, with a degree in journalism and public relations. And after my first internship, I knew for a fact that I wasn't doing anything with that degree. Uh, fortunately, though, I ended up. Uh, getting a job offer as a construction engineer, did that for a year, made good money, um, hated it. So I was like, you know what, I'm young, I'm in my 20s, let me go ahead and explore the things I'm interested in. And with that came me diving into education. And at the time I was pursuing a teaching credential in special education and working in an after-school program um, in like inner city LA. Um, And then during the morning time, on the days that I didn't have class, I'd be working as a behavior interventionist uh, with students with special needs in a uh, transition school. So basically, we were teaching them like life skills to help them get employed. And that was honestly, even to this day, probably my favorite job. But then obviously, we know in education, the money is funny. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so um, I ended up uh, parting ways with both of those opportunities and working for a school in Irvine. And... Uh, was working one-on-one as a behavior interventionist, this time with students who had a little more aggressive behaviors, and that humbled me. That showed me a lot of uh, what the challenges in working with students with special needs can be. So I got to work on one end of the spectrum, which was the transition school, and then the total opposite end of the spectrum, which was my experience with uh, the young students. So I always say I commend anybody who's in that field and who's been doing it for years because it does take a lot. Like mentally draining, emotionally draining, sometimes spiritually draining. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was just my stint in education. I ended up deciding to leave because I developed a passion for creating videos. So I started a video production company uh, where now I do like documentary style films for brands. Um, so yeah. And in doing that transition or going through that transition, what are some of the th- skills or things that you use when you were with the kiddos that you're now seeing are applicable in the work that you're doing now? That's a great question that I never really thought about, but off the top, I could think of uh, a few things. One would be patience, you know, patience with people in general. Um, It also gives me, it also gave me a lot to reflect on when times get challenging uh, because I was in a position where I almost kind of felt stuck at one point. Right. So it also like, as an entrepreneur, there's ebbs and flows until you get your business 100% just stable, right? Uh, so during those times where the ebbs are flowing in a downward trend, <laughs> you need something to keep you motivated. you like a why, like something to reflect on, right? So those moments help me to reflect on, well, man, at least I'm not super stressed out here. I can go take a walk, you know what I mean? Uh, so I would say being patient, having something to reflect on, and then just... uh knowing how to talk to people like you'd be surprised how normal functioning people 
can't uh, understand basic English. <laughs> and I don't mean to sound rude, but you know, yeah. real. <laughs> yep, yep. So uh, yeah, so I mean, yeah. Those and, are two like hearing you say that, it's like it, it's not again not to be rude, but there are times when you're like, "Am I speaking a foreign language? Am I able to communicate my thoughts in such a way that this person understands it?" And vice versa, to be able to take in what that person has articulated back to me and be like, "Oh, okay, this is where there's a gap." To then be able to like, "All right, let me fill the gap so that we're both on the same page." Is that fair to say? Yeah, one hundred percent. Cool, cool, cool. Now, we were also talking about one of your posts um, having to do with uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect. Like, is that something as an entrepreneur, I think I know the answer to it, but is that something that you are are working through or still experiencing? Oh, yes. Like, <laughs> literally in coming out of a, a low right now. <laughs> like my, I think I, we were sharing before we hopped on, um, how your baseline, it just resets to a higher level, but then it's that still up and down climb. Yeah. Very much so. And like, what do you, what are some things that are helping you to be able to continue that climb and get out of the, there are going to be those valleys to, to go back up to the peaks? A few things. Uh, I'm actually in the process of making a video about how to, how I get out of my funks. Um, hmm. One of the things is, you know, I'm a man of God, so being led by God and having faith always keeps me grounded, even when I don't have any sort of uh, vision for where things are going or don't know where the next step is going to be or if I question certain things, even yeah. though I'm feeling like I don't want to do this anymore or ah, this is just too hard, I know to keep you know pushing forward. Um, so that's one thing. Another thing, too, is, shoot, before anything, basketball was life for me. That's my first love. So getting back into playing basketball and shooting around at the gym, joining leagues, that's been like a great outlet. Okay. Um, I also picked up yoga in high school and have been doing it on and off throughout my life. And very recently, my wife got us into a gym out here in uh, Irvine. And man, yeah, I've been taking yoga classes and just being in those classes, learning how to breathe, moving the body, stretching the body, uh, restoring the body through stretches. That's been super helpful. I love to eat. Sometimes I, I can comfort, you know, I go to the comfort food options and just yeah. go down there. Last night I had a cookie and some ice cream. So, you know, felt good waking up this morning. Nice. Um, and then, yeah, just having conversations like with yourself. I mean, people who are in the thick of things, in the weeds, making a way for themselves in life and uh, doing something that's against the grain or just against the tide of what the average person's doing, you know, it takes a lot to even take that first step. So when I have these conversations and can bounce ideas or just relate to people, that's also helpful because it makes you yeah. feel like, well, shoot, I'm not alone. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. And I'm, I'm hoping that with the, through this podcast, the community of folks that do listen to it are, are getting just that, that there are so many other folks who are going through whatever you're going through. Yeah. Your situation might be unique, but it's not it's not quote unquote special. Like you're not the only one who's right. going through it. So to be able to link up in politics with folks who are going through it similar to yourself gives you the, the needed, I guess, gust to your sales to be able to keep going. Sure. And I mean, even posting that video about the Dunning Kruger effect, yeah. that was literally a conversation between one of my good friends and he shared that with me. And then I was like, all right, I'll make a video on it. He's like, you should, there's a lot of people going through it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, maybe like a few hundred people. Then I posted and I'm like, ooh, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. people saying, yo, this is what I'm feeling. I didn't know how to explain it, but you speak into what I'm going through. So I was like, that's cool to see people. I have no idea who you are. 
resonating with this and going through yep. the same experience. So yep, yep, for sure. Quick uh, side note, just because it's something that you just mentioned, you yeah. being a person who likes to ball, if you were to compare yourself to a, a hooper, who would it be? Ooh. See, that's tough because I can play in the post and I'm not the size of Shaq. Okay. <laughs> but I can also handle the ball and flash the three. So, sheesh. I would say I'm not Kobe Bryant, but I get a lot of the influence from his game. Got it. It would Got be... It disrespectful for me to say that I play like Kobe, but the mentality and going at people, I got that dog mentality. So got it. Play that Kobe right over your right shoulder. Yeah. I personally am a, an old head. And so I, I relate to Mark Jackson where I'm like, I don't have the size to go to the post. So I'm just doing a little teardrop or I'm just, you know, I'm like, <laughs> there you go. So I got you. <laughs> now you thinking about, um, again, something that you, you talked about, about, those small wins and why they're so important. Can you speak on that on why small wins are not things that we should sort of just shrug to the side, like, Oh, that was nothing, but really take a moment to, to, I guess, rejoice in that. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of me talking about wins in general started when I uh, was going through the thick of things as an entrepreneur, just trying to find that motivation. Um, because as, as a, self-employed individual, whether you're a freelancer, whether you're an entrepreneur with a business, or whether you're just contracted to do work, it, uh, things aren't consistent always. And the wins that you have in that arena are different than the wins that you have in an arena where you work a nine to five, because your wins can not look like making income. Your win can be, I showed up today and got what I needed to get done. You know what I mean? And uh, in addition to that, it's like, you got to find the things that you're doing and you're in a sense checking off and not just turn a blind eye to those things. So that's like where yeah. that whole small wins concept comes in because now I'm like, all right, let's say for today, uh, if, if I woke up in a funk and I knew I had to do this video and I got work to do after this, uh, but I got to wake up and go run a mile. So like just the fact that I woke up, went and ran a mile, I'm here. And then I know I'm going to do the next thing, like celebrating the fact that, you know, you wake up, you go and run that mile. I did it today, but I'm just saying hypothetically speaking. <laughs> um, you know, that's like building momentum. Like, dang, I feel proud of, you know, I'm, I feel good about myself going yeah. into the next thing. Uh, so it's really just giving yourself like a pat on the shoulder or a pat on the back or a high five or some dap in the mirror. Like, yo, you, you're doing good. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's something that I found very useful is celebrating those small wins because, shoot, you don't have like a boss or anybody telling you good job today or you don't have any work that really translates into good job until you deliver the project or deliver the work that you're doing for somebody. So. Got you. Now there, I'm sure are teachers who are listening to this who are like, Hey, I would like to also delve into entrepreneurship. What are some mm -hmm. things that you've learned along the way that you're like, everything isn't a priority. Cause if everything's a priority, nothing is right. But here's like one or two things that I wish I understood sooner rather than now that yeah. would have helped along the path? Great question. Uh, two things that come to mind right off the top. One is systems and processes. What do you mean by that? And what I mean by that is you have to, especially if you're a one-man band you have to, or a one-woman band, you have to figure out how you can streamline the work that you're doing because you don't want to get caught in the thick of the things that are mundane that don't progress the business or progress whatever it is that you're doing. You want to focus on the tasks that are going to push things forward to you, for you. 
Um, so creating a system and process could be as simple as, let's say you have a customer relations platform, automating it. Let's say you have an intake process, streamlining it, whether it's, hey, go to the link in my Instagram or TikTok bio um, and then fill out this form. And then that form will then come to me and I have an automated email that goes out notifying you of the next steps, like certain small things like that. Um, even when you hop on a call with somebody, if you're consulting as an educator, uh, have a series of questions that you go through that get the information you need from that individual. So when you hop on the call, you're not just riff, you know, randomly just going through the conversation, yeah. thinking off the top of the dome, like, oh, shoot, what else do I need? You already have mm -hmm. it in front of you. Now, you don't have yeah. to be a robot with it, but, you know, just be who, who you are in your personality, but also have those items in front of you so you know what you need. So when you leave the conversation, you don't have to be like, ah, shoot, I need this. So now it's a whole bunch of back and forth, because now you got to get them back on a call. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing, system and processes, and those are some examples. Another thing I would say is um, the moment you start working for yourself is the moment you'll start to start uh, realizing some things about yourself. So you'll start to know what habits are good, what habits are bad. Uh, you'll start to learn how you may even self-sabotage. That's something that mm -hmm. I've dealt with um, and, and have still been working through. One of the things I always recommend is therapy. Therapy is therapeutic. Because you get to talk through past traumas, existing traumas that you don't know exist and work through those things. And you'll be surprised how those translate into the day to day work that you have. Uh, one of the things that I struggle with and, and my wife, you know, we've been together for five years. So she's been observing my patterns. I've gone through processes where I'm like, yo, am I lazy? And I think about it, I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm like very disciplined. But one thing I struggle with is consistency. Um, I'll do things for a period of time, but then I'll get burnt out. So then I was like, you know what, what's wrong with me? So I started doing some research and what the science could point to. And one of the science pointed to like ADHD. So I'm like, I'm not diagnosed as someone who's having ADHD, but I took some assessments and it's possible that I have it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, huh, this is something now that I have to dive into. Cause if I do have this, then what I'm seeing in terms of like how to combat it or how to navigate through it is actually feeling like it would be helpful. So now I'm like, okay, I'm not just feeling this way because of tendencies or anything. They're like, there's a reason why I'm feeling this way. So that's something that I'm currently diving into to, to, to figure out. But I said that to say like being an entrepreneur, you start to realize things about yourself. So don't feel overwhelmed when you do uh, just be vulnerable in a sense of, being real with yourself, like, oh, shoot, this is something that I suck at. Who do I know can help me get through this? Like, book, like there's books that talk about uh, compounding habits. Like, one of the things I had to learn how to do was get in the habit of doing things. And, I, and I'm not the type of person that can do, like, 30 things at once. Hence the Dunning-Kruger effect. <laughs> like, I've tried to do that, and it, and it fails every time. So I take things one day at a time with one thing. Once I get that. As a well-oiled machine, boom, then you add the next thing. So, Dope, dope. Because what I heard you just said was recognize yourself and mm -hmm. recognizing the, the systems and processes that are going to be, that work best for you. Absolutely. And, and you'll you pick can... up a book like that'll tell you, hey, you need this system and process, but also yeah. yourself, like, yeah, you're, you may not be in a position where you have a hundred clients a day. You may be mm -hmm. in a position to have one every two weeks. Yeah systems and processes are for you. And then also too, self-awareness. Like I think one of the biggest misconceptions about being an entrepreneur is the goal is to make millions of dollars and to have just people coming in. 
mm-hmm. like in and out the door of your business, um, purchasing things from you. And sometimes that's not the case. Like knowing what you want and what you need to be comfortable is different. Yeah. yeah, I want to work. I want to eventually do videos with Nike. Uh, I want to have this studio. And now I'm at a position, I'm like, I just want five clients a year that pay yeah. enough for me to do X, Y, and Z. Maybe even two of those on retainer. One yeah. of those that just comes in and out. Um, and this specific type of video. So whatever those offerings are for those individuals uh, who are educators, whether it's consulting or um, freelance teaching or something like you just have to know what you're offering what's the price point that you can sell it for and then how often you want to do it Dope. because the goal is to get your time back and to mm-hmm. enjoy what you're doing so if you're owning your job you're going to burn out and feel exactly how you felt when you're doing the thing you didn't like to do yeah, you're saying some really dope things and really deep things. And I, I hope if you're a new teacher, I think recognizing what you just st- stated there about owning your time. Now, we have a limited amount of time that we can personally do something. And so like you were mentioning, as a teacher, like you want to make sure that you are you have a system to be able to, whether it's correcting work, whether it's collecting work, whether it's being able to then give feedback to the kiddos so that they can work on it. And I'm seeing how that's translating to being an entrepreneur, like, hey, know yourself, know what works for you. And then also know, hey, if this is slowing me down, I got to figure out why. And then ultimately, what is it the goal? The goal is to be able to have the time to do the thing that I love um, rather than all these other things that are taking up my time, which is keeping me from the thing that I love to do. 100%. And that, I guess the third thing I would say is know your why. Why are you Mm -hmm. doing it in the first place? So what's, what's your why? Oh, man. My why for starting my video business was to escape a job that I did not like because I did get back into engineering after education uh, because I needed money at the time, you know, life progressive. Um, So my why was to not be in an environment that I didn't like, but also give myself an opportunity to learn how to use video. I just so have, I look at it like I've been doing this since 2017, 2019 and officially as a business. Mm -hmm. So since 2019, I look at it as like a long paid internship. I'm still learning. And I've always learned on the job. Uh, so it was the opportunity. My, my, my why has shifted uh, as of lately um, because I was realizing that I was operating from a survival standpoint versus a abundance standpoint. Like, where do I want to take this? Word. So now my why is to, to get back to enjoying it. Hmm. Get back to enjoying video. Get back to, like, this is why I'm creating the content I'm creating now because... I started because I started a YouTube channel years ago that yeah. I ended up self-sabotaging, deleting, whole, you know, the whole nine there. Um, but now my why is just to get back to the the joy of it, get back to creating things that inspire me, creating things that I feel like all these motivational videos that I that I've been creating. I don't even want to call them just motivational, but I don't like I don't even know how to categorize. I'm really just expressing myself because a lot That's of things it. That I'm experiencing are yeah. Or things I'm sharing are things that I'm experiencing. And even the motivation, like I started doing that because I was needing motivation. So I was like, well, this is what I do on a daily basis. So let me just make a video about it because I'm yeah. throwing my head about what to create. Let me just create this and and allow the journey to unfold in front of me. I think I think that in and of itself is is sufficient. There we live in a time where so much is like extrinsic of like, hey, I gotta create this thing for XYZ company. I got to create these things to get 
so many views or get so many likes yeah. where it's like, no, sometimes you just got to create for yourself. It's got to be intrinsic too. Like I want to do this regardless if it gets one view or a million views, I'm going to be satisfied and okay with it. And I think that translates to both in the classroom and outside the classroom and definitely as an entrepreneur of knowing like, Hey, I know that I can do this thing and I, I want to do this thing. I enjoy doing this thing. And I'm, so I'm just going to do this thing. Um, and you mentioned a, a couple of times, uh, books that you, that you've read. What are some books that you read have, that have helped you to do or to be an entrepreneur, but also like that feed you personally as well as professionally? So I was thinking about this question before we hopped on, cause I knew it was something you would ask me. And I was like, okay, what books, like, I didn't want to go back and look at the books. I wanted to think about it. Like what books can I remember that really stood out to me? And one of them is uh, the 5 a.m. club. Not because I wake up at 5 a.m., but because <laughs> the importance of routines. Like, it really teaches you how to how to get yourself primed and ready for the day. But it's told in, like, a story form that's very, very well told. So I'd say the 5 a.m. club. Uh, another one is Who Not How. That one was very helpful. It basically talks about figuring out who in your network knows the thing you're trying to do instead of you trying to figure out how to do it on your your own. Uh, gosh, what's another one? Uh, the Power of Habit's a really good one. Uh, for anybody who's trying to do something consistently or build, build momentum to make create new habits for yourself. Uh, gosh. Those are the only ones that I can think of at this moment that really stand out. One that I'm reading currently or listening to is the 80-20 rule or 80-20 principle, basically mm. talking about doing things 80% uh, so you don't spend 20% of the time, twenty so you don't spend 100% of the time or excess time on that 20%. Yeah. And over time, that 20% just work on it in the next project or the next thing. Yep. And of course, I mean the Bible. And there's no stories in there that life hasn't already unraveled, so... To read that and allow it to speak to you, that's been something that I've been actively trying to do more of, hence why I do it in my content from time to time. <laughs> dope, dope. Excellent, excellent. I asked for one, brother gave me five. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, this is a part of the, the podcast where I usually ask folks, because this is selfishly because I'm a lover of music, and to be able to widen out, like you just mentioned, the, the who, not how, the folks who, who know good music, if you were to create a playlist. I say five, you can be more than five, but it has to be at least five, either five artists, five albums, yeah. five whatever, five songs. What would be Andre's uh, playlist? Well, fortunately for you, I do create playlists on the side. So that's the easy question. Uh, I'm, I love oldies and I ain't, I'm not talking about like just 90s R&B. I'm talking oldies like Marvin Gaye, Al Green. Yes, yes. Yeah, so on the list, five songs. On at the least, yeah. Have at least I gotta have some Isley Brothers on there. Got to uh, yes. Charlie Wilson. Got to. Then I'll fast forward a few years. Gotta have some Usher <laughs> on there. As you can see, I'm like more of an R&B type of dude. And I rewind mm -hmm. a little bit. Gotta have some Frankie Beverly and Maze. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I I used to listen to a lot of rap, but I haven't as of lately. So I don't I don't know. I I guess to throw to throw it up, mix it up a little bit. Throw some Drake on there, some Kendrick. Okay. Just depends on the vibe I'm setting. Okay. Okay. You know, Isley Brothers, that's a good one. 
That's a good one. Oh, Don't, sleep on that. Don't sleep on that. Don't sleep on that. I mean, decades, decades of uh, a dope discography. Have you, have you, this is a little off topic, but have you, uh, did you watch the verses with the Isley brothers? No. Oh, that was a great experience. Okay. And who were they up against? Uh, God dang. What's the name of the group? What's the name of the group? I can see them. Yes. Yeah. It's an old group. And I'm kicking myself in the back because I can't remember right now, but if we continue, it'll come back to me. <laughs> it'll definitely come back to me. Okay. Okay. Not a problem. Not a problem. So um, what I'm hearing and what I'm taking and I'm hoping for others can take from this is one, really got to know yourself, create systems and processes that are going to help you benefit you so that like one of the books that you mentioned, the 80-20 principle that 80% of your time isn't spent on this thing that should only be 20%. It really needs to be, you really need to streamline your processes in order to be able to fully get into the thing that you're looking to get into. And in knowing, as we mentioned with the, Kruger Dun the Dunning Kruger effect that they're gonna have these ups and downs, just ride them. And when you have that new plateau, don't look to stick there, but look to ascend to the next point. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Make sure you got music playing in the background. Got your Charlie Wilson, your Kendrick, your Drake. You know, get your Run DMC in there as well to, and then your Cypress Hill to jump around as well. So hey, here we go. <laughs> we got a, we got a, a whole eclectic mix of. Uh, stuff to, I'm hoping that folks who are listening to this podcast, I got to take away from it. So folks, this was another dope, uh, dope, uh, interview, another dope conversation with another dope individual. I'm Mr. Pierre. He's Mr. Dre. This has been another episode of the Chronicles of Mr. And we're out. Peace.